This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com and your host. Joining me to discuss Unlucky 13 for Fulham. 13 games, home wins, on a trot. Let's discuss Chris Budd, Phil Shaw. Hello, sir. Hello. Good? Welcome, yes. I've got back from the game. Well, en route from the game, I had a full Sunday roast, waltzed around the German market. Now I'm back. To celebrate, what is it? Is it the last of our home wins consecutively, or is it? Is it just? Are we halfway? Well, that's the question, isn't it? (laughs) We just don't know. From now on, in it's just strap yourselves in and let's enjoy it. Are we halfway to twenty six? That's what I want to know. Oh, can you imagine? Sterner tests are coming, but if we get through them, well, if we beat Arsenal and Manchester City in the space of a week, not only are we going to 26 consecutive games winning, we're also going to win the league as well. So something to look forward to. As well as looking at the Fulham game, which uh, I thought was a cut above the Luton game, at least. Yes. Probably the Alkmaar game as well, the the home game, certainly. Agreed. We will get into the latest filler news, three points, media muppets, and a very swift Emery's clipboard. Before we go on, helping to support the show, NordVPN are offering a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to VPN of My Old Man Said. If you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing, then NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices. And... Of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3pm kickoffs on Saturday or 2pm kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discounts 
off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free. And there's a no risk Nord 30 day money back guarantee as well. You'll find the link in the episode description notes as well. So check it out. Also during November, to support Movembra, which supports obviously men's health and men's mental health, NordVPN, when you sign up, there is a donation page. So anything you donate, they will match that amount to donate to the Movembra cause. Right, Villa News. Midweek saw Villa get one fist, one one clenched fist, I think, on the the group with a two-one home win against Altmar at Villa Park, which actually was Emery's hundredth win in European competitions. It's pedigree, that, isn't it? Many yep. more to come, I think. Uh, Hopefully, yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see all the managers' records. Actually, is there a, web, a website that can pr- provide such a service? Hopefully somewhere. Not at, the, not at the time of recording. As long as he gets 101 wins very soon, then it'll be okay. Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Have I turned up late once again for a Villa game? Because something in the plan I didn't actually witness. Emmy Martinez Villa Park tribute for his Ballon d'Or Yashin Award trophy. Well, he had his, he had his little boy in tow, which was obviously quite cute. And, the, and When the, did this happen? The... When did this happen? Just before the game, David. It was just before, just as the just before the players came out, and just before the minute silence and all that sort of stuff. All right, well, I saw all that. I was there like five yeah. minutes to go. Yeah, it was just just before the players came out. He came out on his own with his with his little lad and the family, and they had a, mm. had a, a big big banner on the whole tent, which actually looked pretty good. Uh, the reason I didn't turn up is because he's just not keeping enough clean sheets for me to warrant <laughs> to join in such uh, celebrations. <laughs> I can't remember the last one, Martinez. When was it? Uh, <laughs> can't blame it on him. Now. That's, that's further forward, I think. <laughs> the the foresaid victory over Altmar just to clear up that position. If we beat Warsaw by two clear goals, that should clinch it, should it not? I believe so, yes. Because Without he- even needing anything from the last game. It doesn't go off goal difference, does it? I think it's head-to-head yeah. record. So if we can get a better head-to-head record against Warsaw, the group is ours, and then we can go to Moscow. If it's a draw, with... then it then they would look in a, a good position. But it would, would go to the last game, and would need uh, AZ to do something in Warsaw. We would. International breaks coming up. Uh, Louise back in the the Brazil squad. Watkins also in, and uh, the usual faces. Uh, Zaniola is off. Tillemans, I would Martinez, say. Martinez, Pau, etc. Announced actually after we recorded the show, Ezri Konza was finally selected for Gareth Southgate's England squad. We'll get into that more in a future episode during the international break, but we'll just add that in just in case people think we've missed him out. Under-21s lost at Crawley in the EFL Trophy. 3-2, they were 2-0 uh, down. Uh, I can't remember their last win announced on the show. When was that? <laughs> Hasn't been a while. It's been a while, hasn't no, it? I remember last been year relegated, we enjoyed. Yeah. yeah, last year we enjoyed those games. I went to the Burton one when we won and came back from two down, and then there was the MK Dons one where we beat them mm-hmm. as well. We... Meanwhile, the women have got points on the board. A midweek win against at Sheffield United five nil in the Conti Cup, and then uh, in the Battle of the Bottom, they went to Bristol and won two nil, which two goals from the Salmon as well. Yeah, that was definitely needed. Alarm bells would have been going if they hadn't won that yeah, one. Big time. 
Yeah, this is the easiest fixture they've had. They've had they've played basically all the top teams. Really, uh, they would have probably wanted something against Spurs at home. At least they're up and running now. So we shall see what happens there. Right, three points. Premier League clubs are to vote on the temporary ban on players being loaned from the Saudi League. Is this to stop Newcastle from uh, patching up their squad from all these players that have been banned and injured? Yes, pretty much. May as well be called the Newcastle rule. Yeah, the next meeting is the 21st of November. Newcastle manager Eddie Howe said Newcastle will oppose the motion. Of course they will. (laughs) If they loaned those players that have literally gone to the PIF clubs that obviously own Newcastle... Yeah, if Neves suddenly turned up, it you'd be like, "This is this stinks to high order," and there should be fucking protests on the pitch by fans. Never mind uh, any uh, grumblings on uh, Twitter. That that would you would need to take to the streets for that kind of shit because it's just taking the piss. Yeah. Point number two: the lights go out in Peru. Is this sore losers? It's really petty, isn't it, this one? (laughs) It's brilliant, though. I think it's funny. Peru's newly crowned champions at Universitario. Good name as well. Were forced to celebrate in the dark after their rivals, Alanza Lima, turned the stadium lights off. It was in Lima. Turned the stadium lights off after the final whistle, after they lost and handed Universitario uh, the title. It's a record-extending 27th league title. They they won 2-0 at their city rivals. Oh, was it like a playoff? Yes, a classical title playoff. Got you. I don't know how that works. Is it the top two teams duke it out? I like it if it is. That's a good way yeah. of doing it. I'm sure our Peruvian uh, listeners will get in touch to explain the full details of all of that. The uh, Alencia, in, in their defence, said they turned off the lights to encourage the rapid evacuation of the stands and to preserve the safety of the public and the teams. Well, so make it go all dark. That mm. improves the safety, does it? That's bullshit straight away. <laughs> it reminds me of whenever um, Barcelona turned the sprinklers on and Jose Mourinho dancing across the pitch whenever Inter Milan beat them. <laughs> yeah. Point number three. You could have done with sprinklers for this one. Yeah, this is... Pyro uh, going out of hand. Well, more than Pyro, actually. Pyro party for the last day of the Swedish season. Uh, Malmo won the title and goal difference after defeating direct rivals Elfsberg. 1-0 in the last round uh, this weekend. They denied their rivals the first title in 11 years. It was 0-0 at half time, so the Malmo fans decided extra encouragement was in order. So Malmo fans lit a bonfire in the stand before half time. Fire alarm started at the stadium. Players left the pitch due to the fire alarm. Fire trucks turned up. Fire alarm got turned off. The match continued for, after a, almost an hour delay. Malmo took the lead. And then uh, more pyro delayed things before uh, the game finally reached the climax and uh, Malmo took the title. Yeah, I've been watching a few like Scandinavian games. The uh, the big uh, Norwegian game face-off. And just there's pyro everywhere. Pyro just across Europe. They, they love Hagen it. Copenhagen as well. They had United yeah. in the Champions League and that was a good show. And here mm-hmm. it's like people start crying about uh, if you you know if they just see one stick. It's kind of strange because it's all families and everything loving their pyro life. So it's interesting how it's seen as the norm on the continent, and here at Crucifix comes out and the garlic, and as soon as pyros are around, <laughs> I hate this. I hate the smell of burnt garlic. Do you? <laughs> well, maybe you should see a therapist about that. Maybe it's got some knock-on uh, effects. <laughs> right into the main show. <laughs> This is a game uh, 
you're not even complacent when you say you should be winning this. We're, our record against Fulham at home, anyway, is uh, fairly good. At their patch, not so good. We got a reaction to the Forest game, not so much in performance against Alkmaar, but after Absolutely going one character. nil down, yeah, a bit more of character. What was character was shown, which was uh, encouraging. And in this game, we seem to be back to, in terms of controlling a game, back to uh, where we've been previously. Tillerman's coming in for his first Premier League start. He's actually featured in every game in the Premier League, but he's always come off the bench. So first start, and I. Th- thought because he was used further forward in Europe wasn't he in Altmar he was yeah when Emery's always talking about learning in game in every game I think that's he, he learned that actually uh, Tillemans was very good in that game and uh, very effective yeah and that I was our last decent performance as well so he looked a lot more mobile than than normal playing forward as well because he was getting about all over the all over the pitch but yeah. I will say his normal passing accuracy took a, a big hit from what you expect from him. Usually he's Mr. 100%, but he was 53.1 for his um, 49 touches. Yeah, well, he, do, he seemed to be tidy enough for me. And he, uh, I mean, some some neat little back healers and stuff as well. I thought it was, it was a good game. Yeah, yeah. really mm-hmm. good game. He was getting stuck in especially, as well. Especially in the first half, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a bit like the, the Kevin De Bruyne stat. He's like one, got one of the worst pass accuracies in the league, but nobody yeah. complains about De Bruyne because you, you have to try these passes for them. The, the riskier passes get better rewards. Yeah, and sa- same as some of the frustration we maybe had about Buendia at times last season. He's you know, He plays right at the edge and he tries things. I, I don't mind that in the opposition third. You just don't want him doing it when he's playing as a deep line player and taking the ball off the centre-backs. And when I saw the team share, I thought, yeah, no, that's fine. And I was thinking, actually... You're thinking ahead to the uh, Manchester Cities and Arsenal's and you're thinking actually an extra, let's say, quintessential midfielder in there might be the way to go. So, And also there's a, there's a fair chance with the um, yellow card situation that he's probably going to feature in those games because you may lose Louise or Kamara. Yeah. Well, at the start of the game, uh, the referee seemed to be refusing to give yellow cards. So I thought, well, that's all right for our midfield anyway. And uh, Oh, yeah. Well, we'll discuss him later. It was a bit of a, a strange one. In, in it was indeed. Apart from that, Fulham had Jimenez starting up front. They must spin the wheel and it was his turn. Yeah, and he hadn't scored in forever. <laughs> it was 18 games, wasn't it? wasn't it? I would have been tempted to just play uh, Adoma Traore on, you know, just to go after the the high line. Certainly, yeah. Must admit I was relieved to see him only come on towards the end. Yeah. Which shows where he's at in his career. I forgot that he went to Fulham, actually. When he popped up, I just thought it was just another bloke called Traore, as uh, we, we keep joking about all these clones of uh, Bertrand Traore and Bubica Traore, the, uh, the half-clone. Yeah. <laughs> But it was a good first half, wasn't it? I thought we played really well. Yeah, no, we, we, we got a grip straight away. And uh, as we said on something for the weekend, uh, if we can get back to going at teams in the first first five or six minutes. And to be fair, Fulham really pressed hard, didn't they? They did. First, they did, uh, they... just, I think they got knackered after about five minutes of doing it. But <laughs> you thought, fucking hell, that's, that's pretty full on. They're really going for it here. Yep. Yeah, they knew they had to get in and amongst us. I think there's no point in being really passive, which they they sort of were a little bit more later in the half. Um, probably because they realised if they pushed all that they had to sort of pick their moments, otherwise Villa would run through, which we did at times. But I thought they actually were a lot more competitive than quite a few of the teams who've come to Villa Park recently. Yeah, yeah. They, they looked like they were going to be taken out eventually, but they were. They just seemed to be sweating a bit more than let's say Luton. Yeah, I thought the the battle between McGinn and Paulinha all half was was brilliant. It was a, McGinn had McGinn had his number for most of it, but Paulinha he was sticking the foot in. He's a bit of a almost like a tougher version of Bruno Fernandez the way he was rolling about sometimes. But 
Yeah. You know, when you have a, a one versus one like that, and that, that's really where the, the first half was decided between those two. Yeah, I thought McGinn was excellent in this game. Superb. First half especially was absolutely brilliant. And he thoroughly, you know, well, I don't want to skip away ahead too far ahead, but he thoroughly deserved his goal. It was a great finish. And he actually had an opportunity earlier in the half where he drove through and you thought, oh, just smash it. Yeah. You've more, you've more than earned the right to in the, on this performance. And to be honest, he, he was a bit hesitant, wasn't he, against Elkmar as well? Yeah, he's had a couple of openings and he's, he's got such trigger. a good shot. Just think, just smash it. Unless that's how they're being coached, you know, to play the percentages. Yeah, but there's, there's something like there was there was moments. I mean, Watkins is always good. Like when there's a fifty-fifty pulling, you know, winning the fifty-fifty, it will, or look when it's like a lost course. Tillemans dug a few of them out, and and McGinn, like you almost lost count of the amount of times where you think, oh, he's lost it. There's two players on him, and it's like, oh shit, he's just coming out with the ball. Yeah, and he, well, he came away with the ball so many times in his own half, especially because I think Fulham generally, I would say, actually dealt with Louise and Kamara in the deeper positions quite well thought they yeah. kind of sat on right on top of them a bit similar to how um forest did last week but they didn't probably vouch for mcginn being that dynamic and sort of pulling the strings and the fact that telemans probably played so we managed to you know you had a, an extra body in midfield yeah sometimes uh when we're off the ball uh that actually turned into a, a four a midfield four with uh, telemans mm-hmm. on the left hand side mcginn on the right when yeah. we're a defending which Seems to me it's almost like it's been trialled for Arsenal or Manchester yep. City. Yeah, but we persisted with the high line, which Fulham, to be fair to them, they did. They did have a, a good go at, especially in the second half. They were really trying to um, yeah. go and after the reason the especially on our left. Persisting with the high line is because it works. I mean, it's it's one thing to know that Villa are going to play the high line. You still have to be good enough to actually beat it. As a supporter, yes. though, it's freaking <laughs> it's frustrating because it's the way the linesman doesn't flag offside he lets it play on there's players you know making great saves and hitting the post and doing all kinds of shit and then he just pulls lifts his flag and it's like oh for fuck's sake why don't you do that like when everybody in the stand knew when it, it was offside yeah i would be interested to know how much time gets wasted though it's, how much, it's, it's a momentum swing as well. I mean, whenever, you know, people are saying, oh, Fulham, you know, Fulham are unlucky there, Fulham are getting chances. It's like they're, they're not really unlucky because they're a mile offside before they have this great yeah. shot or a great yeah. moment and of play. So, <laughs> yeah. Poor old Statsman's got to chalk them all off when they're, when they're doing their live compiling. So everybody's wasting a lot of people's time. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's like it's like watching a pantomime or something play. It's like we know it doesn't count for anything. It's like why why are we playing this fucking pantomime out? Blow the fucking whistle. Yes. But the first in- main incident uh, from where we were sitting, uh, it looked like a handball. Well, the ball the ball goes up. The defender jumps with it, and his hands are so far in the air. Admittedly, you know, we're at the other end of the ground. But you think well, that's what well, I'm the saying. Refs, <laughs> the refs reacted really fast. That must be an absolute stone wall. And then, a, yeah. as you see the replays, it, it it definitely wasn't. But um, I still haven't seen the replay, so I'm still yeah, ignorant the right to the fact. I text Phil, and Phil's my VAR, by the way, people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's much faster than the actual VAR. Any any decisions that you can't see from the whole ten, you just text uh, Phil Shaw, and he'll he'll sort you out. Yeah, and think about that one. Was it hit Castagna so hard in the face that he had a big pink face for the rest of the half? <laughs> pink eye. <laughs> the Villa took the lead, you know, good move. Tiedemann's down the left, great Some ball. Great move. Some of the goals were super swift, super yep. slick, should I say. Yeah, and uh, Diaby's probably unlucky not to get the goal himself, but the defender sticks it past the goalkeeper. And then the second one is just class from again. He picks yeah. Yeah. The ball goes up in the air, brings it down, sends the defender for a hot dog, and just whips it in the bottom corner. You think, yeah, that's- Villa dog, please stay on yeah. brand. But sorry, that, that, sorry. Yeah, but that McGinn goal, you have to actually go back about a minute and play before that because it, it was actually Matty Cash. It was the best of Matty Cash and the worst of Matty Cash. 
special in sort of one minute because you had Paul Torres had a, a wonder past him, it was absolutely brilliant. Cash took it down brilliantly with one touch, cut inside and then hit it straight at the keeper. But instead of getting back to his feet and you know getting back into position, he was probably knackered from making the run, but he was lying on the ground and he was out of position. Then whenever the ball does get back, he is back in position a moment later and he makes a last ditch tackle on William that he'd have been clean through. That. Yeah. And then obviously the play develops and McGinn scores from it. And at 2-0, you sort of think we should be fine here. Yeah. Because I always thought if Fulham are going to chase this, we'll, we will pick them off. You know, you know, they brought Harry Wilson on at halftime, who I think is kind of a, you know, a tidy player. But um, There's not enough once, Bailey, once Bailey came on, it was kind of like instant impact again and a fantastic breakaway goal You know, for a brilliant third. Obviously a great ball um, out to him from midfield. McGinn obviously um, stretches the defence. You think the chance has kind of gone when McGinn stops, turns back, and then just because there's about five, at least five player uh, Fulham players around the ball at this point. You think, oh, he's, you know, we've lost the yeah, opportunity. Yeah. He's, he pulls pulls Bailey in, and it's a great ball to the back post. And obviously Watkins, well, I would say Watkins can't miss, but he did actually miss a, a much easier chance <laughs> later in the game. But <laughs> that was an absolute <laughs> stinker. But it's a great team goal that one. And at three 0 you think it's you know it's it's kind of game over. Even though Fulham were huffing and puffing at that point, you know, actually Villa, for my money, weren't the better team for long periods of that second half. I thought they sort of took their foot off the gas a bit and I, I couldn't tell if we were a little bit leggy from the, the midweek game where we did expend a lot of energy and a lot of that side did play by the back line. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm just thinking, uh, with against Forrest and Elkmore in midweek, I think we were missing the final ball a, a little bit in these little passages where, you know, mm-hmm. slick interchanges. And that became a bit frustrating, but we saw this time, you know, you, you persevere, you keep trying. And, I mean, some of it was breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, this game sort of reminded me of the the West Ham home game because looking at the Fulham starting lineup and then looking at the players they brought on for the second half, you're thinking to yourself, they they have got sort of the personnel to do a bit of damage in the second half. It's almost wrong to say if if Steve Cooper had been managing Fulham, you think he might have done a better job of this than Silva, the manager of Fulham. He could have put a simpler plan together with Adama Traore, Tom Kearney to maybe thread the through balls and Harry Wilson to have a few shots on his left foot. I think David Michael as well, because that's what I said at the start of the show. (laughs) 
just put player Demetrore up front on yeah. the on the halfway line. I mean, and unfortunately, from experience, we know Tom Kearney can play a good ball and is, is a decent footballer. But you'd think that would be the way to go against Villa. But no, the managers are reluctant to change that their plan A, and that's where Emery's Villa is are beating these teams. Yeah. And you know, obviously three and it's game over, even though they actually, they, they really, I was really pissed off when they scored because you could just tell they'd had the chance early. I, the, I was waiting for the linesman the to flag it off. I just, because uh, most of the crowd showed no emotion to that goal. It was like, yeah. oh, have they scored? No, surely that's offside. Come on. Come on, line, <laughs> I mean, linesman. But, you know, they'd, they'd, they'd hit the post. They had a goal disallowed. So I think they were probably good value for their, their consolation. And I thought they played pretty well in the second half, Fulham. Jimenez with a, with a tap in, he couldn't miss. But it's just an... You know, an aim, not an aimless ball. It's probably disrespectful, but a, a pretty simple ball over the top, and we get caught out. And you just think, "Oh, come on, lads!" I know there was an air of Villa had really took the foot off the gas with twenty minutes to go, and that was frustrating for me because we'd said in something for the weekend it would have been the kind of game where you'd really want a clean sheet in this one, just to, to sort of prove to yourselves that you can do it more than anything. Just to prove to yourself that you actually deserve that Yashin trophy. <laughs> a little bit. and then, But then even, uh, as, as we said, you know, the, even at 3-1, we obviously get the chance. And it's brilliant work again by McGinn. It kind of summed up his days. Weren't really in the corner flag. Spun two players, pulled it back. The ball ends up hitting the bar and bouncing down. And you think, go on, Watkins, get your second. You can't miss. And... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even close. You have to laugh, and luckily you can because you've won the game and he's got a goal anyway. But well, yeah, oh he, put, he, yeah he put his shirt over his head, didn't he? He knew he, didn't he? he knew he really oh. fucked that one up because he could have taken a touch and just smashed it. He yeah. could have done that it in. There, there's there's very few ways that you could have messed that, but he found one. I mean, it's creative. I'll give him his juice. Fair play. <laughs> I mean, it's the same as Longley goal being disallowed. It's, it's like as long as the final results are right, you kind of forget about the heinous incidents. And that was a heinous miss. We'd yeah, have been selling bad. him to Wolves or something in January uh, if we if we hadn't won this game already. <laughs> I mean, actually, I thought we'd sell him to Fulham. They need a striker. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I thought he actually had a, a fairly difficult assignment today. I, th- I thought yeah. as he was, ba- was it Bassey at the back for Fulham. He's an absolute mountain of a man, and he dealt with him pretty well. And a lot of it was coming in high with his back to goal. And as we know, that's not really his game. But I think sort of Thursday and and, and today showed where he's at right now. And he, you know, he's only had a couple of chances, but he's come out of the week with with two goals in a fairly quiet week where he hasn't done a lot. And you think, well, that's got to yeah. be a plus sign. Yeah, always a good sign, isn't it? When your striker scores when he hasn't necessarily had the had the best of games, but um, yeah, it's, unfortunately, it's not a good sign when he misses an open goal. <laughs> no, well, it's not. But uh, <laughs> it's Yang and Yang with Watkins. Always yeah. has been. He's Mister Fifty Percent, isn't it? If he gets, <laughs> but if he scored before he got his mess yeah. out of the way. Usually, it's the other way around. His penalties summed him up, really, didn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, an, and another good little you know cameo from Bailey. I thought he came on and did well. Obviously, got the, you know, the instant impact for the goal, and you know his running was 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 tireless. And I thought he's, he's been quite effective actually over Diaby, who I think recently he's, he's you know he's been playing fairly well, but he hasn't necessarily got the the plaudits from you know. Yeah, he had an early chance, but unfortunately, we, he hit it straight at the keeper. If, I think yeah. that was if he if it was more, I don't know. Even if he took it on his right foot, it might have opened up the goal a bit more. Possibly, probably didn't have time to do that. Yeah, that was Taylorman's did well to to chase that one down to get a turn. Yep, but we, we saw the game out fairly well. And I think I saw him um, before the game, actually, Emery had commented about players like Moreno and he said after um, Altmar, I would have liked to have played him, but the game situation was really tight. And I think Villa at 3-0, you were sort of thinking, would this be the right time to bring him on? But actually, it was probably quite a difficult game. It was quite physical. They were yeah. really going at Villa down the left. It probably wasn't the right game unless you had well, the Well, if Watkins goal. had scored that goal, it would have been four well, up yes. and then he could have brought him on. Because <laughs> I thought actually it would have been potentially the kind of game to, to bring some of the cavalry and get, him, you know, get a few I've guys some minutes 
that he chose not to. Can Alex Moreno's growth? I've always said it. <laughs> but, you know, another good win. Obviously, 13 on the bounce at home. In the bigger scope of things, this was a really important win. This one against Fulham, because you look at yep. Newcastle lost, Spurs lost, and lost more players as well. So you need to sort of keep things going, because even as rubbish as Man United have been, before this game, they were only a point behind Villa. So, I mean, yeah. United managed to, they've got the knack of, uh, in recent years, of, of even when they're shit, they still they, uh, they still stay high in the table. It's like they're, they're kind of filled with helium. They're always floating, even though, uh, you know, they're stinking the place out. I suppose it's their expectation is they want to be top and they're nowhere near that, but they're still, you know, they're still yeah. in the mix, however bad they are. Yeah. But no, it feels right. I think it was, it was a really good win. I think just because obviously the context of the results over the weekend is one thing. It condenses that top five a huge amount. Obviously, City on 28, Liverpool, Arsenal 27, Spurs 26, Villa 25. Then you've got a gap. And you've got that we we won't play the if only we beat Forest. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to say that at all. When you look at the table, it, it, you go, oh shit, we would have been second. Or uh, Yeah, I'm not going to say that. But it, it just means that we're in the we're right in the that batch of teams who we're about to play. And that's yeah. great. That's what that's where you want to be. This is exactly you know, this, is, it, this is, you know, when we talk about in continual improvement. This is what it now looks like. You are continually yeah. improving and you're playing, you're, you're playing with the big boys, but now you've got to compete and beat the big boys if you want to stay there. But uh, when, when we signed Tillemans, he's now evolved to the player that I hope uh, we had where, where it's like, well, actually, you don't necessarily need him for your first 11 from that point of view. But then suddenly it's like, if you've got fixture congestion and... You can uh, rotate now and trust him. You've now got a player who's been kept up to speed because he's come on for every Premier League game. He's he started in European games, mm-hmm. so he's battle ready. Yeah, and and you're going to get come. into a period now where the, you know potentially there could be a suspension or two, even. And uh, you got a lot of games, and, and he can just come in and out. And he's now playing at a level where uh, yeah, you're happy to see him. Yeah, I think so. I and McGinn's so. on another level uh, from what we've seen before. I think. I think it's, this is peak McGinn now. Yep, it is. Emery had nice words for him after the game. He said he about McGinn. He said he, he's very demanding, very competitive. He's always ready to play physically. His energy is always full when he's not training. He's resting, and he goes. He's a very good example for other players, and I really appreciate him as a person. Yeah, well, isn't that nice? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, he's uh, he's now the man that Gerard nominated as as captain. Fair play to him because there was yeah, there were a few doubts, weren't there? Sort of this time last year, and, and those doubts have been squashed. And fair play to him. As soon guy. as he was made captain, then you you were actually questioning, well, should he really be in the first eleven? Uh, that mm. was the conversation. Uh, and now he's a lot of people. Now he picks himself. Right, should we move on? Are I we happy? So. Yes, we're happy. Nice, nice to get back to a routine win. I didn't like last week. It was strange that it wasn't just it. So Third, well, you know, it's away from home. You can always legislate for that. And Forest were particularly, you know, that was eight games unbeaten at City Ground. And you know, the other mitigation that I throw out, you know, they beat they beat Arsenal, Liverpool, Brighton last season. So it's not as if they are uh, chumps at home. I would say our results wasn't as bad as being beaten two 0 at Bournemouth. Uh, that's a nod to Newcastle, by the way, if you uh, didn't uh, pick that one up. What's the big stat of the game? Well, the big stat is the big the big 13 number. It's um, Villa's longest run in the top flight since October 1983, which was also 13. And this oh. is the bit I, that I liked. They've now won 14 home games in the Premier League in 2023, as many as the previous two calendar years combined. Wow. 
Mm. And if we we'll go That's even quite further, sad, isn't it? Jeez. Yeah, they've. This is the first time they've opened a, a top division season with six successive home wins since 1932-33. Wow! It's, so it's, it's, now it's becoming uh, yeah era. De- well, not even era defining, but the whole history of Villa defining. Yeah, we always talked about getting those records overturned, the the one the bad ones, whenever we were languishing in the championship. Yeah, now he's attacking the uh, the big ones. Absolutely. Yeah, and there was no surprise either that McGinn was the top FPL performer with seven points. I thought he might have some more. Right, I think it's time for a bit of media muppetry with media muppets. <laughs> Right, Phil, what's in the trough? What's happening? Well, the last week. Yeah, well, I said last week the spotlight would be off. And I am leaving for another team after the defeat against Forrest, and it was. But the spotlight quickly moved to who, who's the next asset of Villa. So it went on to Douglas Louise. So everybody's trying to sell Douglas Louise to Arsenal in January. Well, I, I don't get this because anybody with half a brain will realise that last January, all Arsenal had to do was give us a couple more million because they were like, was it first bid 21, then it was 23. And Villa were just looking really for an extra few million just to cover the the percentage they would have to give to Manchester City. So it was kind of almost deal done, but just, you know, give us a few more million. So why would they go from there? Let's say, you know, they could have put in a 28, 30 million that have got him. Mm. Why go from that to now, you know, having to pay you? It would need to be, what, 80-ish? I think I'd need to be higher. I think you could yeah, squeeze well, let's them say more. minimum 80. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make any fucking sense. And by the way, Arsenal have just forked out shitload on uh, De- Declan Rice. Yeah, well, the, it started with, of course, um, Fabrizio Romano. I mean, no sooner had Louise assisted Watkins against Alkmaar as soon as the 90 minutes went. He tweeted out, Arsenal are going to look for midfielders in January after the party injury. And he understands that Douglas Louise mean, remains a favourite option, but it won't be easy. And then the Daily Mirror picking up on that, they really went for it and they added the two options, the two reasons why it'll not happen. They said Douglas Louise will have to agitate for a transfer in January if he has to stand the chance of joining Arsenal. But I mean, that just says it's not really going to happen. But the two plus two that most of them use is, is. It's, I mean, this is all from an Arsenal point of view. This is to engage Arsenal fans. It's, it's exactly simple clickbait because, from the Villa point of view, it actually makes no sense because, as I've just said, he just signed a contract and he had a chance to go to Arsenal and Arsenal didn't fork it out. And now Villa are doing better than they were last season. It makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But the, the worst of it is, they go ahead to, to actually disprove their own article inside their own article. So, the, first of all, they get to the reason why it's it's an option, because Douglas Louise is represented by Kia Jarabchin, who has close links with Arsenal's sporting director. But the, they go to the two problems, and it's problem one, Villa won't sell. And problem two, if they do sell, it's going to be a massive fee, and Arsenal have to stay within FFP, because they've spent $208 million in the summer, and they only generated $60 million from sales. So... I, it's not happening. Yeah, well, we know that, don't we? But we're, yeah. we're just we're just humouring the mirror mm. and uh, what's his face, uh, Fabrizio Romano. Yeah. So what's what's it going to be next week then when the international break? Who's going John McGinn next? To, oh, yeah, to McGinn. Captain Manchester United back to exactly. the glory lands. That's next. Who's going to do it? Next one, probably. <laughs> I think I might as well do it. I'll do it. <laughs> right, time for a bit of Emery's clipboard. Right, quick one. Now winter is set in. We can find out as the temperature drops. We can find out the first wave of... I don't know what what is politically correct nowadays when you're talking about wusses. Oof, we are. What? Fuck knows. Let's... Yeah. Wimp. Wimp. Yeah. Are we allowed to say wimps? Anyway, question. 
we can both answer this, and then I'm going to ask another one after it. How many players in the starting lineup against Alkmaar on that Thursday night were wearing gloves? Ooh. I see where you're going with this now. Carlos definitely was. Short sleeves and, sh- and gloves is a terrible look. Um, <laughs> How many Villa wimps? <laughs> I'm going to go with three. Phil Shaw? You can say the same, by the way. It's just, I think I'll go four. I take it we're not counting Martinez in this, by the way. No, I was going to uh, say that at the start, but uh, it's four with Martinez. It's three without Martinez. Wow. Now, can you name the three culprits? Definitely Carlos. Carlos, correct. I'm going to go... No, wrong. Ooh. I don't know. Did he? Didn't, did he? Respect to the gonna... Jamaican. Respect yeah, to no, the he's Jamaican. He's rocking the short sleeves, any at the moment. Yeah, he? he's fucking hard. Uh, he's he's hard well. ass. You are? I'm gonna, it, there's no way it'd be McGinn. There's no way it'd be Conza. I'm going to go Got Kamara. Correct. Mm. Big. Who's the third? I was going to call him Le something, but you know, let's say it. Telemans? No. DRB with gloves. Yep, correct. Chris has got them all. We're going to give Chris the point uh, yep. this week for an outstanding display. Of picking up some players. <laughs> yeah, got the, got the number and the players. So I was thinking like Carlos, how he's meant to be built like an ox and he's like a leader of men. And I saw those gloves. I thought, no, he's not. He's, he's a bit of a, well, I can't say anything, can we? Because I don't know what he can get cancelled for on this show. Well, he's gone over to Brazil, hasn't he? If his Instagram stories or anything to go by. <laughs> yeah, probably. He's, he's gone over in the, he's gone for some warm weather, I think. His hands were getting cold. <laughs> but Kamara and Diaby, what's, what's the, the running theme there? They're, they're French. That's what it is. Maybe it's a style thing. Circulation problems. <laughs> so we look forward to Leger Warsaw to see how many gloves will be worn. Obviously, we'll drop a couple of degrees, probably you more. You need those with them. the uh, Warsaw bonfire in the Doug Ellis stand and all their pyrotechnics, <laughs> will you? Yeah, when they set, set West Midlands police on fire, they, uh, they won't need gloves, will they, at the Villa players? Because it would be I a mean, nice It'd be funny warm... to see the reaction of those Warsaw fans when they see a Villa fan sat next to them in the Doug Ellis with a pug head on. that will really baffle them as always a big thank you to the My Old Man Said members for supporting the show and being members when you are a member you get extra shows there's one I'm going to put out which we have recorded it's uh, a bit of background on a new away ticket proposal and the Alkmaar game We'll also, during the international break, have a mad few uh, session of sorts as well. So uh, as a member, you'll get access to them as well as ad free versions of this show. And you get membership of Match Club, which has all kinds of things as well as daily, hourly, well, minutely uh, Villa Chat and the live uh, podcast for away games. We also, within Match Club, you have Investo Club, you have Game Club, you have Screen Club. So we're talking about all kinds of things there and with a very good bunch as well. It's a great community. And special thanks to, I forgot to give you shouts uh, last week, Daniel Napras, Jack Brayshaw, Chad Jobin, Paul Farah, and David Parker as well. Thank you for being uh, new members or rejoining us. I know uh, I think one or two of you have uh, rejoined. So thank you very much. And if you want to join them and join our merry bands and get access to extra shows and ad-free shows and match club membership, then please do go to My Old Man Said and click on the membership link for more details there. Right. Looking forward to international break? No. Again, President come at the worst time. So I'm more looking forward to what comes after the international break. Yeah. Yeah, it's warming it's up for that. Games. So, 
Yeah, I'm glad because you don't feel like you've got fatigue where if you went into those games now, you, you thought, yeah, probably. Uh, but to have that rest, there's no kind of excuse, although there's that international break. Uh, randomness where players are obviously going away and uh, you know you've got Brazilians Argentinians going long haul as well which uh, is always a bit uh, but and we do have an away game as our first game which yeah probably- I just hope the players workload isn't too great you know you want McGinn to just play one game Watkins to play one game etc those kind of guys to not be too heavily worked by their countries yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Spurs will have similar issues for the players yes, that are left in that time. team. <laughs> big time. The, the likes of Madison are injured. and uh, We've got about five starters out, haven't they, at the moment, Spurs? Yeah. Same with Brighton. Brighton are really down to bare bones as well. And Newcastle are fucked, so yeah. enough, Vida haven't got any of the credit they deserve, but never mind, that's that's for another day. Yeah. So we, the now is the time to strike, and it's going to be great after the international break. Hopefully, I mean, from those three games, there's also Bournemouth sandwiched in there. Uh, we can get points on the board. I think oh, four would be a decent haul from those the three main games. That's my mm. benchmark. I think it'd be good to win one of them, a draw in one. Yeah, you, you probably accept that you may lose one of them, but yeah. I, th- I think we're more than capable of giving all of them a, a really good game. But if, yeah, if you've got two wins out of that three, then it's party time. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Especially if you factor in, you you know, you want to get the result against Warsaw as well. Yeah, but uh, in terms of shaping up our Premier League destiny, I think that that three, and you know, let's throw Bournemouth in now, that four-game run will have a big influence on yes. our expectations and yep. momentum and confidence and, you know, all of those psychological quantifiable metrics. Yep. Right, please do follow us uh, on social media at My Old Man Said to be uh, kept abreast of what's uh, happening. And until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.